Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. Thank you so much uh, to Gary for supporting the program that way. And you can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Uh, Go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of Under Arrest. Uh, The original air date on uh, this program is May the 8th, 1949, and the title is Blackmail Setup. Mutual presents Under Arrest, starring Joe DeSantis as police captain Jim Scott. Under Arrest! Into yourselves. Criminals Behind Bars. Under Arrest, the story of police captain Jim Scott's fight against crime. Uh, Sit down, Mrs. Uh... Mollison. Mollison, yes. How can I help you, Mrs. Mollison? I understand you're in charge of leasing out space here at the new city airport. Well, not uh, airfield or hangar space, Mrs. Mollison, just commercial space in the various buildings. Uh, What did you have in mind? A luggage shop, Mr. Hale. Smart and expensive. Yes. Uh, Your address, Mrs. Mollison? 21 Courtney Road. Uh, Previously, I was thinking of a smart dress shop. Dresses, suits, coats, accessories... I uh, had a shop of that kind in Seattle, and... Yes. I had the impression when you came in that uh, that was more your style than luggage. <laughs> I'd take that as a compliment, Mr. Hale. Uh, have you the time? Um, 11.45. Oh, dear. I'll be late for my next appointment. Could we meet again, Mr. Hale? Well, it'd be a pleasure, Mrs. Mollison. I'll be needing so much advice. May I telephone you in the next day or so? Any time, Mrs. Mollison. Goodbye, and thank you. Goodbye. Oh, uh, Mrs. Mollison. Uh, Miss Schumann, the lady who just left my office. Oh, not so quickly, eh? That's too bad. She left her handbag on my desk. Captain Jim Scott speaking. That day I was at my desk at headquarters. I never knew Dave Hale, general manager of the city airport. Never been any reason why I should have known him. But that day he phoned and came to see me. Well, Mr. Hale, you don't want me, do you? You want our lost and found department. I I know it seems odd, Captain Scott, but open the handbag. Oh, see. She didn't come back right away, so I opened it to look for her address, and that's what I found. 25 caliber automatic. Handy weapon. You said her name was Mollison. Any first name? She didn't mention any. Husband's name? 
Well, that's the funny thing. What? Well, of course, she said her name was Mrs., but... Well, I... I just can't think of a husband in connection with her. Ever noticed that about some women, Captain? Uh, usually that kind doesn't want you to think about a husband. Or am I unfair? Well, I must say this, Mrs. Mollison's... Uh, uh, since she came to your office on business, didn't you write down her name and address? Yes, but when I looked for the piece of paper later, it was gone. Remember the address? Uh, no. I I'm so used to writing things down, I rarely remember such details. Just a second. Sergeant. Yes, sir. Check the city directory for a woman named Mollison. M-O-L-L-I-S-O-N. Mollison. And see if anybody named Mollison has a license for a twenty-five caliber Frascati automatic. Yes, sir. Of course, I suppose Mrs. Mollison will call back for the handbag, but, well, people who carry guns worry me a little, Captain. That's why I... I wish more citizens were like you, Mr. Hale. Then there'd be fewer unauthorized deadly weapons floating around. But, uh, the gun isn't the entire reason you came to see me, is it? <laughs> You're very discerning, Captain. Well, the fact is, holding a job under the city administration as I do, I just like to avoid any chance of trouble. And a good-looking but gun-toting woman looks like trouble to you, huh? Am I wrong? No, I was going to say it if you hadn't, Mr. Hale. I... Excuse me. Yes? About Mollison. No such gun licensed. And the city directory? There are 17 Mollisons listed, Captain. I'm having the list typed up, sir. Thank you, Sergeant. You heard that, Mr. Hale. Tomorrow, if I can spare a man, I'll have those 17 Mollisons checked. And when you hear from the lady, let me know... It seems advisable. Play along with us. I think you're right to be suspicious. David Hale speaking. And this is Mrs. Mollison, Mr. Hale. Oh, hello, Mrs. Mollison. I'm sorry to bother you, but... I think I left my handbag in your office this morning, didn't I? Why, yes. Was there much money in it? Money? Well, I, I thought perhaps you'd have opened it, looking for my name or address or a phone number. Well, the fact is, Mrs. Mollison, I did. Oh, then, of course, you found the gun. Yes, Mrs. Mollison, but not your address, which I'd mislaid, nor your phone number. That gun belongs to my brother in Chicago. He insisted on lending it to me because I'm so often alone here. At night. Oh, I see. My husband's a structural engineer. He's away so much. I could be arrested for not licensing it, I suppose. I... Now, this is awkward. I can't get to your office again for several... Mr. Hale, I wonder if you'd think me very forward. Forward, Mrs. Mollison? Well, we could kill two birds with one stone. I could recover my handbag and use the theater tickets at the same time. The theater tickets? My husband was suddenly called to Morgantown, and we bought two good seats tomorrow night for the play at the Lyceum, Green Forest. I hate to miss it, and if you'd care to join me... Why... I'd be delighted, Mrs. Mollis. Uh, I, I, can, uh, I can pick you up at 8 and, and bring the handbag with me. 8 tomorrow evening, then. Goodbye. Oh, uh, Mrs. Mollison, <laughs> your address. Oh, of course. 21 Courtney Road, the Green and White Bungalow. Eight tomorrow evening, Mr. Hale. And thank you very much.
Mr. Hale. I heard from Mrs. Mollison, Captain Scott. She explained the gun quite satisfactorily. It's her brother's. She's going to license it. Good. Uh, as to the rest, uh, I'm going to the theater with her tomorrow evening. Good. Uh, Captain, um, I promised to return her handbag. When I do, the gun ought to be in it, don't you think? Well, uh, yeah. All right. I'll remove the firing pin just in case, and I'll send it out to your office right away, Mr. Hale. Good luck with Mrs. Mollison. Hope you don't need it. You've made this evening a lot of fun, Dave. I'm very glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you invited me. How about coming in for a nightcap? If you hadn't said it, I was going to say it myself. <laughs> Come on. What's more, I'm delighted your husband's away. <laughs> well, I'm delighted he's away too, Dave. Well, that's odd. I, I was sure I put out all the lights when we left. Well, anyway, I can give you a... Good evening, darling. Wow. I, I thought you were in Morgantown. No, I got halfway there and got a wire on the train putting over our conference for a week. This gentleman is, um... um... This is Mr. Hale, my husband. How do you do, Mr. Mollison? Nice of you to entertain my wife, Mr. Hale. I hate to think of her being bored while I'm away. Vera, no doubt you were giving Mr. Hale a nightcap. I'll join you. I think I ought to be going, Mr. Mollison. Oh, why? You came in for a drink? You're going to have it. I'm taking a light scotch. Vera, take sherry. What can I give you? Light scotch should be fine. Plain water, no ice. I was very disappointed about my trip, Vera. Of course. How was the play, darling? Uh, the play? Well, the fact is, Mr. Morrison... Oh, it's a we... wonderful performance, Bob. You'll have to go and see it yourself. Mrs... The first act's dull. I didn't like the father at all, but the rest is very exciting. Didn't you think so, Mr. Hale? Well, maybe you'll see it again, Vera, with me. I'd love to. Your drink, Mr. Hale. Not too light, I hope. Thank you. Your sherry, darling. Thank you. Did you have any trouble getting the right seats, darling? What? When I left yesterday afternoon, I put the tickets here on the desk. They're still here. Oh, yes. I assume you forgot them and explained that to the doorman. That's right, Mr. Mollison. I mean, Mrs. Mollison did forget them, but we didn't go to the theater at all. I, I just told that little fib, Bob. I, I didn't want you to know I was careless and let the tickets go to waste. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't mind. Yes, actually... Actually, we went over to the Gedneys. I wanted Mr. Hale to see Bill Gedney. We played canasta and came home. Nice fellow, Bill Gedney, isn't he, Mr. Hale? Until he starts talking about his car. You know the way some people can be so dull about their cars? Oh, yes, very. Vera, now I realize how you met Mr. Hale. Oh? Just putting two and two together. Mr. Hale is manager at the airport... You were there yesterday. You must have forgotten something, possibly a handbag. Mr. Hale returned it to you. Good guess? Perfect, Mr. Mollison. You have it back, darling. May I see? Well, it's in my hand. Isn't that enough? I want the gun, Vera. The gun? May I? Here. Thank you. I don't like you to carry a gun, Vera, no matter what. 
I'm going to send this back to your brother. I'm glad it's not loaded. Now, what's this? What? In your bag, one of those stupid noisemakers that they give away in nightclubs. This one is from the uh, Club Serpentine. You didn't go to the theater. You didn't go to the Gedneys either, did you? You went to the Club Serpentine. Mr. Mollison... Oh, I don't mind the Club Serpentine, Mr. Hale. But I violently object to being lied to by my wife and another man. Bob, please. Mr. Mollison, I, I don't James, quite understand... James, leave this all to me. I think you'd better go. That's the point my wife and I both agree on at this moment, Mr. Hale. You're going. Yes, I... Uh, Good night. Oh, this is all my fault, Mr. Hale. I'm, I'm truly sorry. Good night, Mrs. Mollison. Well, Bob, I think I've hooked him for you very neatly. Who'd you say, Miss Schumann? Better say I'm busy and can't. No, no. Send him in, Miss Schumann. Come in, Captain Scott. Hello, Mr. Hale. I haven't heard anything further from you about Mrs. Mollison. No, I... Sit down. Thanks. What happened? Well, I... Uh... Fact is, I felt rather silly... That's why I didn't call you. Silly? I told you she invited me to the theater. Actually, we didn't go. She forgot the tickets. We went to the Serpentine instead, and later to her home for a nightcap. Unexpectedly, her husband was there. For some reason, Mrs. Mollison lied to him about where we'd been. I was very embarrassed. Mollison ordered me out. Ever since? No. You said she lied for some reason. Yes, Occur to you what the reason might be? She may figure what Mollison didn't know wouldn't hurt him. I figure she lied just to put you on a spot. Involve you in a relationship with her. She doesn't seem that kind of woman. She's, she's very intelligent. She's lovely. Why else would she have lied? Captain, maybe your profession leads you to read all sorts of sinister meanings into trivial incidents. For a reason, Mr. Hale... Many a trivial incident has a sinister meaning. Blackmail is one of the sleaziest crimes there is. Blackmail? Blackmail. It's one of my duties to nab it. I suspect some kind of blackmail scheme is in the wind. And now, Mr. Hale, I'm not going to ask you to keep me informed. I'm warning you. That's rather high-handed, isn't it, Captain Scott? For your own good. Cut that dame cold, or if you do see her, let me know what happens. You invited me into this situation. When I'm convinced it's nothing, as you want to believe... I'll be the first to invite myself out. Goodbye, Mr. Hale. Your drink, Vera. Thank you, darling. Dear, you're a better judge of male character than I am. What's your opinion of David Hale's state of mind after the last six days? Well... You needn't be modest with me. I only want to be accurate. I'd say he's in a state of high curiosity. Mm-hmm. He's a nice man, so he can't figure out just what I was doing lying that night. I seem to be a nice woman, so why would I lie? You don't think he's a cynic, do you? 
A cynic. A man who thinks all women lie. I don't know what he thinks about all women. I only know what he thinks about me. For instance? He fell for me. Hard. I hope you're right. That's why he's so curious. Even if he's scared of you, for instance, he's curious. Vera, don't estimate him for a fool. I inspected your supposed brother's gun. Did you know that the firing pin was removed? <laughs> well, he's a cautious man, isn't he? Well, it's a warning to us to be careful. It's time for the next step, isn't it? I think so. The embarrassed wife calling a sincere friend to explain the little business of the other night. A tear in the eye, a hint that your husband is an unfeeling brute. <laughs> I know, I know. In short, if he's on the brink of falling in love with you, push him over the cliff. Uh, darling, we've been invited to Mabel Spinner's party next Monday night. She has a penthouse apartment, you know. Suppose I call Hale and say you're away again, and that I want to explain. Yes, I think that'll do it, Bob. Um, pressure my drink, will you? <laughs> should I be ashamed? Well, then let's forget it, Vera. Can you? Well, not literally, I suppose. I mean... For days I couldn't think of anything but the look on your face that evening. Dave, I... What? Oh, never mind. What were you going to say? I shouldn't say a thing like that. Like what? Tell me. It presumes too much about your feelings for me. After all, we're not old friends. I'm simply a woman who wants to go in business again for herself. Some escape from... Oh, we'd better go back inside, Dave. Vera, you can't presume too much about my feelings. Don't say anything. This is the third time I've seen you. It seems like the hundredth. That's got to mean something. Well, under the circumstances, Dave, what can it mean? I love you. No. Not possible in such a short time? Why not? Please, Dave. This is probably the last time I'll ever see you, and I've got to say it. I love you. And I wish I didn't have a husband and that you loved me. Oh, and... Dave. Oh, Vera, darling. My darling. I do love you. Oh, I'm so glad. Glad? I was hoping you'd... Thinking of it. Wishing that... I... I don't believe you. What? How can I? You love me? I believe you, Dave. Why shouldn't you believe me? 
I'll prove I love you, Dave. I'll tell you why I really came to see you at your office last week. I'll tell you why I invited you to the theater and why I lied. It was to involve you personally with me. I'll tell you why I lied when my husband was there. For the same reason. To involve you deeper. To make you feel guilty. This is I knew all... my husband was going to be there. He and I planned it all beforehand. Including my bringing you here tonight. I, I, I Bob Mollison poses as a consulting engineer. He has an office, all right, but he's no engineer. I never ran a shop in my life. The rest of our scheme is to get you involved with me further. Then blackmail you. Vera, this Bob's is Bob's figured out a scheme for making all tenants at the airport pay kickbacks to you for getting good space. He'd even pay you half the money. It can run into hundreds of thousands over a period of years. Blackmail. Bob's sure you can be blackmailed. He figures you'd come into the racket with us to prevent its becoming public that you and I... I, I'm not married. There'd be no great scandal. You're appointed by the city. How long could you keep that job if Bob linked your name with that of a, of a female jailbird? You... Four years in the state penitentiary. Why? Same scheme as this in another city. There may be some mistakes and the victim wouldn't blackmail. Now, do you believe what I said? All that? Yes, I, I suppose I do. I mean, do you believe that I love you? Is this the same mistake you made before? Falling in love with a victim? No. Well, you made another. What? This time, you'll let the victim really fall in love with you. Well, we'll both have to get over it. Yes. Together. Together? We'll go to Chicago, New York, any place. And from there, notify Mollison you want a divorce. We'll get married. But your job... I'll get another. Will you do it? On, on one condition. What? I want to protect you. I'm going to tell Bob the whole thing, the truth, and ask him to settle everything quietly. Oh, darling, I'm so happy, I... I'm scared to death. Can we talk here privately, Captain Scott? Sergeant. Yes, sir. No interruptions, no phones, no nothing till I tell you. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Last night, Captain, I saw Vera Mollison again. She and I really have fallen in love. We're leaving the city. She's going to divorce Mollison. We're going to get married. Have a cigarette, Mr. Hale. I can see that speech took all the nerve you've got. Yeah. Thank you. Light. Then I was entirely wrong, was I, Mr. Hale? About there being some kind of scheme? No. But that's all over now. It was a scheme, but it's over? Mrs. Mollison and her husband plan to blackmail me into a racket involving kickbacks on airport rentals. Hell, after I got her name last week, I inquired about her in the federal identification files in Washington. Vera Hammer, evidently the same girl, spent four years in a New York state pen for attempted blackmail. She told me. Well, Mollison's her husband, all right. Real name's Miller, Stoney Miller. Used to work for Big Con in Kansas City. Served three prison terms. I don't care anything about him. But, Captain, I've come to you and told you all this because of our previous conversations. 
Now I want you to forget the whole matter. You let this bust in the papers and you're out of work, Hale. She's asking Mollison to let us handle the whole thing quietly. You think he will? Even crooks aren't all bad, Captain Scott. Why wouldn't he? You stand to lose a lot more than your airport job. You've got a future in the city administration, haven't you? Well... Don't you realize you're giving Mollison a stronger weapon against you than he had before? What? How? To frame a man with a variation of the old badger game is usually pretty good, even though the emotions involved aren't very important. But now you're very deeply involved with this woman, and she with you. Mollison will see that. He knows you'll pay higher. I'll leave the city and stay away. If you balk him of this particular racket, he'll want to be paid high for letting his wife go. And if you can't do that, he'll refuse a divorce. I don't care. Listen to what you're saying, Hale. It can ruin your life to be tied up with a woman married to a crook and she an ex-con herself. We don't care anything about anything except that we love each other. You're going to hate me the rest of your life, but how do you know that even what she told you last night isn't part of a scheme? What? Which of you two suggested handling it quietly? What? I... No, Vera did. There it is, the real hook. They figure you'll pay higher if you're really in love than even if it was just a frame. That's a rotten thing to say about her. I swear she's sincere. Hale, have you got the nerve to come with me to visit them now without warning and find out? Well, this is all wonderful, Vera. Wonderful. Then you'll let me handle the divorce thing quietly? Oh, sure. Why not? Oh, Bob, I'm sorry I disappointed you. It hasn't been bad with you, taking everything together. No, it hasn't. You can find a new partner who won't let you down. If it's all the same to you, I'll move to a hotel. Uh, darling, you're getting ahead of yourself. I said I'd let you handle the divorce thing quietly, provided Hale cuts me in on the airport rental racket as soon as I set it up for him. You're crazy. He won't do it. To marry you? Why won't he? Because we're not going to start off wrong. All right, then I'll smear it all over the papers. But you promised. For a price. Bob, please. The the racket idea's out. Can't you leave us alone? Well, sure, but not for nothing. All right. I'll go away. Alone. Away from you and from him. All right, I'll smear him anyway. He, I'll yell he knows where you went. Oh, you rotten crumb, you. You better put down that phone. Vera. If you hurt Dave, I'll tell the one thing about you that'll finish you for life. Oh, stop kidding. You were in on it, too. I don't care anymore what you do to me. But I will help Dave. Put that phone down. Operator, I want police. <laughs> You're done anyway, Bob. The operator certainly heard me. Don't move, Mollison. Police. Police? Hold still the way you are. Be that gun. And you get handcuffs. Police? Hello? Hello? Captain. Hello? She's dead. Hello? Hello, operator. This is Captain Scott, police. It's all right. Oh, thank you, sir. Mollison, I'm arresting you for the murder of your wife. Scott, she's she's dead. He killed her, the murdering... Oh. Leave him alone, Hale. But he killed her. Well, I'll take care of him for that and for a previous murder. I was hoping I wouldn't have to tell you, Hale, but through you, two vicious murders have been caught. Two? Yeah. 
Because of the inquiries I made in Washington, I learned that Bob and Vera Miller, these two, were wanted for two years for the planned murder of a man in Philadelphia. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Hale. It just couldn't have worked with you and her. Operator, police headquarters, please. Under arrest. Into your cells. All prisoners present and accounted for. Under Arrest, presented by Mutual and starring Joe DeSantis as Police Captain Jim Scott. Today's case was especially dramatized for Under Arrest by Paul R. Milton. Original music was composed and played by Al Finelli. Heard in today's cast were Rita Lynn as Mrs. Mollison, Eric Dressler as her husband, and Court Benson as Mr. Hale. All names of persons used in Under Arrest are fictitious. Any resemblance to names of actual persons living or dead is coincidental. This is Ken Marvin speaking. Employers give physically handicapped workers an equal opportunity. Disabled veterans and other physically handicapped persons acquire through proper training skills that make them as fit for their jobs as other workers. It's good business to hire them. State agencies prepare handicapped persons physically and mentally for selected jobs. There's a great reservoir of skills and abilities readily available by calling your state employment office, the Veterans Administration, or your state vocational rehabilitation agency. Employ the physically handicapped. It's good business. This program came from New York. There's many a chilling and thrilling chapter in the news every weeknight. For a penetrating, passing scene through the sharp eyes of ace reporters, hear Gabriel Heater, Bill Henry, and Frank Edwards, Monday through Friday, over most of these stations. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, kind of an interesting story in that uh, Captain Scott is kind of a secondary uh, character on his own program. Still, uh, I think this is interesting how it plays out because, it, you know, throughout you're kind of trying to guess what's going on and what's her angle. And it does get kind of complicated because... Uh, she does start out just trying to work this blackmail scheme and then actually falls in love. And there's a degree to which the uh, man and Captain Scott are both right in that the man's right about her feelings being genuine, but Captain Scott's right that it's just not going to work out. Well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Reunion, Patreon supporter since July 2018, 
currently supporting us at the Master Detective level of $15 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support. And that will actually do it for today. Next week is our vacation week, so we'll be dipping into our archives to bring you some uh, classic Great Detectives uh, episodes we haven't played in uh, many years. And with my original commentary from way back when. And then we will be back January 4th with... Uh, crime photographer and then the saturday after that we'll return with under arrest in the meantime send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net follow us on twitter at radio detectives and become one of our friends on facebook facebook.com slash radio detectives from boise idaho this is your host adam graham signing off